listening to today i am the owner operator of planet comedy we are an entertainment entertainment company i mean basically we just you know make podcasts and funny videos on the internet i'm an aspiring comedian uh this week my guest is me yeah that's right i haven't connected with you guys in a long time i don't do solo shows a lot guys mostly because it's uh it's fun to bounce my thoughts off people. It's fun to talk to other people. It's fun to have, you know, interesting guests in here and get their opinions on all the happenings in the world. Whereas, also though, sometimes just get some thoughts out, get some things off my chest, answer some burning questions that you guys probably have about, you know, more podcasts coming from us, the YouTube page, the and comedy and dinner, and also let's just have some fun, you know, have a little bit of fun together, just me and you, you and I, the audience, just the two of us, alright, wherever you're listening, it's just me and you, so uh, usually I just do an information dump, it's just me, I'm telling you something, or I'm breaking some news, but I figured we'd have some, some fun times today, so first things first, let's get all the the information out of the way. The trivia tournament. Episodes are being filmed. I promise. Uh, Tyler and Hunter were just in here filming their first round episode. I keep trying to get a hold of everybody. I'm getting new hot sauces. It's coming. It's on the way. We're adjusting rules. We're figuring out everything. Okay, guys? But I promise you, uh, I knew the, the trivia tournament's on the way. We're going to have a champion. We're gonna. I'm going to release... All these episodes at once. Not like at once. Like they're not going to go all go up on the same day. But you know. Each week I'm going to release an episode of this tournament. So I'm going to get you know. I'm going to try to get all these recorded. But I'll also be releasing an episode for you guys each week. And I'm going to. You know I promise that at the beginning of the year. I intend to keep these promises. I do. I really. Really do. So uh, I will be providing you an episode each week. Like I always said I will. And this much pre-recording, though, is going to give me a significant amount of free time, I hate to say. Because, you know, it's been harder to coordinate these guys' schedules, so when I get all these together, it's going to be a lot of episodes I'm going to have pre-recorded. But it gives me time to work on my newest project, which is the Planet Comedy YouTube channel. Uh, future video series are finally kind of like ready to be written and, and you know, filmed and put out to you guys. So the video series we got coming is a... Five minute movie reviews, where I'm going to review movies in five minutes or so for your convenience so you can decide, you know, from my review, what my opinions, what you think about a movie. Uh, in Hindsight, which is a retrospective, deeper dive into movies and television shows where I'll, you know, talk about things that I really, really loved back in the day, like shows that I really enjoy and why I enjoyed them, or maybe a show that I hate and why, why I hate it so much. You know, all the fun at the fair. And then, uh, picture this, there's been, you know, there have been a lot of movies in my life that I can think of that had fascinating concepts that didn't stick the landing of the actual film. Gets you that clean. It's my new, uh, 
the cancer set I have in here. But the you know they just didn't stick things where they needed to be. They well that was dirty. <laughs> My apologies for that. Eh, not really. This is the show's to be much worse. But picture this as a show that I'm gonna try to fix all these problems that these movies had and try to make an interesting movie where a studio maybe didn't or a writer ever didn't and you might be asking yourself am I arrogant enough to do that yes yes I am I really am going to give that my best shot uh, the average Joe college football show podcast people are interested in that that have uh, you know floated over here uh, season 2 finale has already happened Woo! long day the award show is coming up. We're going to give away all the, you know, postseason and season awards for a good college football season. Me, Billy Earlywine, and Kyle Sullivan, hopefully. Spring Ball update is the next episode after that for season three. Uh, the award show will be the season two final episode. The season three will begin with a spring ball update, then some conference previews. And season three, we're going to try to do two episodes a week. Uh, Throw in there some game watch parties, like where we're going to live watch the game with you guys. And then, this is a big one, we're going to take a live game attendance with tailgate vlogs. I mean, that's going to be, I think that'll be the game changer, for real. But uh, more production, just kind of a more general investment in the college football podcast we have here. So if you guys like college football, go check out Average Joe's College Football Show, anywhere you get your podcast today, like... I don't know, you know, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere like that. Like I said, we do two, two episodes a week, a preview show and a recap show. Give it a listen. And then, uh, some a big announcement, I don't know, the only real big announcement I have left. Gotta get a sip. Would be the Pretty Primal Podcast. That was Miss Jasmine McHugh. Will uh, be the host. A brand new Planet Comedy podcast that we're going to be producing here. We're going to be releasing to you guys. I don't have anything to do with it. A solo independent venture. I'm just trying to help this podcast get its legs. But like I said, Miss Jasmine McHugh will be the host, the former guest here. Uh, it's going to be a relationship podcast with some brutally honest conversations about, you know, what relationships need to succeed, how to avoid, you know, what relationships do that make them fail, how to avoid the pitfalls of relationships. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of funny guests, and the host, Miss Jasmine, is someone I've known my entire life. Is She's hilarious, and I think this is going to be something she's really good at, and I have a lot of faith in it. So I'm going to help produce it. There's going to be a lot of episodes coming soon. Make sure you guys check that out. Like I said, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud soon. Coming your way, the Pretty Primal Podcast. Right here on Planet Comedy. And now we'll get into the fun stuff. Old Thomas Patrick Brady Jr., obviously, retired from the NFL. Listen, I'm a, I'm a 1996 born child. So I don't realistically know a world where Tom Brady isn't playing football. I don't know what that looks like. To me, Tom Brady has always been the Darth Vader to the, you know... Belichick's emperor. This they've always been the Death Star in the in the pro football world. So the fact that he's just gone is kind of crazy to think about. I'm gonna be real with you guys. I, I haven't really processed it. I'm almost in like stages of grief. You know, that denial right now. I just don't believe that he's fully gone. 
Well, I didn't until he posted this weird underwear picture the other day, I believe on Instagram. And then I was just like, oh, he really is retired because he doesn't always do it himself. I mean, football. Football was all this man did. And then I, I, it's all I've ever known him to do besides some, you know, commercials that recently here when he went to Tampa. But, yeah, Tom Brady called it quits. He retired on a beach, just kind of chilling out like it was in a fucking notebook. It was it was very, lo- like, low-key nonchalant, which is interesting considering how big a production his retirement was last year. But it would seem the greatest quarterback to ever play uh, actually is going to call it quits this time. He's got a massive, massive deal with Fox to become a commentator. I mean, like $370 million over the next 10 years. Which, by the way, is more than he made in his entire football career. Nuts. Just insane amounts of money being given to Tom to, you know, talk about football. So he'll still be around the game, which will probably be nice. I'm looking forward to his first game as a commentator, but I mean... I mean, let's really think about it. Like, dude, Tom Brady's retired. And you, he objectively is the greatest quarterback that ever played. He went to ten Super Bowls, won seven of them. His only two losses were to Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Always the NFC East teams that got Tom for some reason. You know, Giants, Giants, Eagles. Never, nobody else ever stood a chance. Obviously, he came back 28-3 down in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, which is probably his most well-known game. And for good reason. It's, it, it, I, what can you say about that? He throws a pick six in the first quarter. The Eagle, or the, not the Eagles, the Falcons look like they're going to steamroll the Patriots to win their first championship. And then it's just like he steps into a phone booth and Superman comes out. And he slowly guides them back into the game. And they go to overtime and they throw the touchdown pass to win the Super Bowl. And he was just ridiculous all the time. It was never there was never a moment where you felt like Tom Brady was really out of the game. It's a lot like Michael Jordan. He's like football's Michael Jordan. There will never be another career like his. And I mean Hats off to the band. <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of great Brady moments when you think about it. Obviously, there's 28-3, but there's when he beat the Legion of Boom in a Super Bowl. Uh, there's the Tuck Rule game. There's the second Super Bowl against the Panthers. I mean, there's a whole thing. I mean, hell, there was the 16-0 season where he threw for what felt like a 1,000 touchdowns to Randy Moss. I think it was 50. And they felt like they beat everybody by 30 points. What a season that was. I mean, Tom Brady, I believe, deserves all of our respect. Deserves all of our appreciation for once. Because I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, I hated the man. We all did. Anyone who wasn't a New England Patriots fan despised this man. And didn't want him to win any championships. But he just kept winning in spite of us. And then he went to Tampa. We all saw he won again. Well, actually, at first he went to Tampa, and they were a decent. We were all happy to see him not play well. And then he won another Super Bowl, and he partied on a boat, 
and we all liked him. That's pretty much his whole career. I mean, the greatest quarterback ever. And now I'm really looking forward to his first game as an NFL commentator. But speaking of the NFL, the Super Bowl was this weekend. <clears throat> By the time the show will have come out, you guys will have just experienced the Super Bowl, which is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I have no idea what the score will be, and I wouldn't dare predict after the game's already happened because this will just age immediately. But congratulations to either the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs. Hopefully, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I don't know if I cover this on the show. First off, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. I really like Patrick Mahomes. I think people are super mean to him, although he does sound like Kermit the Frog. But I think people are just a little hard on Patrick. I think they need to relax a little bit. But yeah, he does sound like Kermit the Frog. I'll give you all that. But I hate the city of Philadelphia. Just objectively. Like, no qualms. Like, no, like, oh, but what about this? No. All of them. The whole city. The entire city as a whole. As a concept. I hate them. I despise you. You disgust me. That's how I feel. And I'm pretty open about this. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I believe they're the worst people. The worst sports fans that exist. That live on the planet. Excluding soccer fans. Soccer fans are intense. But American sports fans, Philadelphia is just top tier awful. Maybe that's my fault. Because I have allowed them to get to me. But I don't care. I hate them. In the words of Anakin Skywalker, I hate them! And I really hope they don't win the Super Bowl. But there's a good chance they will. Jalen Hurts is falling out of control. A.J. Brown is looked like the rebirth of Terrell Owens before all of our eyes. It's not looking good. That defense gets after the quarterback better than any defense I've seen in a long time. It's not looking promising. It's looking like there's a good chance that the Philadelphia Eagles will be the Super Bowl champions. However, I can hope against hope. I can hope that the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes will do this. That they will show the world that he is the next guy. That's the only way I see them winning. Is if the Kansas City offense just dropped the hammer. Which is possible. Travis Kelsey's super good. The receivers are playing well. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But that, that Philly defense is good. That Philly offense is good. And the weakest thing in this game is the Kansas City defense. Which is concerning. Because Kansas City never stops Philadelphia, but then Philadelphia gets two or three stops from Kansas City, this thing will be over. But anyway, I hope none of my commentary played true. Go Kansas City. Go Chiefs. Hopefully, congratulations on being the Super Bowl champions again, guys. Die, Eagles, die. But anyway, besides the game, most people tune in for these Super Bowl commercials. You know, the big things. The the Walter White commercials, your Budweiser commercial yearly, your, you know, uh, what is it, the talking 
E-Trade babies. You know, all that nonsense. There's been a lot of great Super Bowl commercials. The Doritos ones, I have to say, have always been some of my favorites. The Doritos ones just, they are chef's kiss beautiful. Was it the Doritos Ninja where the guy is trying to sneak eat a guy, another guy's Doritos and then he shows up in a costume, a, a samurai costume, completely made of Doritos? Wonderful. Or when the dad is playing, is like playing dress up, he's sitting and playing like in tea and he has the, the skirt on and the pink dress, like the pink dress, the tiara and all that stuff and because his daughter has a bag of Doritos. Wonderful. I mean, they, they, those are good commercials. I don't mind the Super Bowl commercials, really. I really don't. I think they're uh, good commercials. But I'm going to be real with you guys here. I hate the halftime show. I always have. I think it's so stupid. I, I don't know why the halftime show is necessary for a football game. You know, but I get it's a Super Bowl and it's a giant sporting event. But why in the middle of that do we need to break it up into a Maroon 5 slash Rihanna concert? I know it's Rihanna this year, but I'm just saying. I've never watched a football game and thought, you know what would go great with this football game? A rock concert. And it's just not... It To me, it just seems like such an unnecessary thing. Like you're turning a sporting event into an entertainment event. And I get why they do it. Because money... And it gives somebody, it gives somebody like who doesn't enjoy football a reason to watch the Super Bowl every year, which is obviously a net plus for not only who hosts the Super Bowl, CBS, yes, CBS or NBC, whoever hosts the Super Bowl. It's a net plus for them and a net plus for the NFL as a whole because it gets as many eyeballs as possible on the NFL, even if people are only watching a Super Bowl every year, they're still watching the fucking Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're one of those people out there who openly admits, like, hey, I only watch the game for the commercials and the halftime show, well, guess what? You're still watching the fucking game. Your eyeballs are still on the TV watching the Super Bowl, and that's a net positive for the NFL. So I get why they had the halftime show. I just despise it. It just seems like a colossal waste of time in the middle of a championship football game that I that you know I actually do care about who wins the Super Bowl. You know, as someone who used to play football, has watched football his whole life, it's it, it's nice to know for the you know the the biggest game of the year to be meaningful. Besides, just you know because Rihanna or Beyonce is kind of be there. But uh, how I usually watch the Super Bowl. I've watched every year. First off, I'm alone. Checking my time. Sorry, guys. But yeah, I'm alone. Never go to a Super Bowl party. Ever, ever. Because that's just way too much action, Jackson, for someone who actually wants to watch the game. If you're trying to pay attention, it's super hard to pay attention when you have 25 to 30 other people around you. You know, and, you know, maybe a quarter of them are interested in the game with you, actually. The rest of them are getting blackout drunk and taught waiting for the commercial or the halftime show to come on. And to me, while I'm, I'm not disrespecting people's, you know, desire to party, I understand. Rock on, dudes. Whatever. 
I want to watch the football game. So I usually watch it by myself. Not only do I watch it by myself, I wait an hour until after the game started. Why, you say? I used to not do this because you couldn't do it. But I do it now because I can wait and then fast forward on my remote through all the commercials. And the halftime show, which is the important part. I don't always fast forward through all the commercials. I usually would watch the commercials. But the halftime show, halftime show was on the chopping block every time, guys. Every year. Every single year. That halftime show was on the chopping block. Cut that halftime show out. I'm telling you guys, the Super Bowl takes like two hours to watch. It was amazing. I could start watching the Super Bowl at 10, be in bed by midnight. No problems, no questions asked. Not a problem. Not an issue. Now, last year, that changed because they watched the Super Bowl with my fiance. We did not go out to a party. We just kind of laid in bed and ate food and watched the Super Bowl. And I'm hoping that's how I'll watch this year. Is that we shall just be relaxing and watching as Patrick Mahomes tries to take down those filthy, filthy degenerates from the city of Philadelphia. But uh, how are you guys, how, well, I guess we'll tell you, how did you guys watch the Super Bowl this year? It's a big question for me. I want to know on our Facebook page, our Facebook page, our Twitter page. Like, how did you guys watch the Super Bowl this year, and how do you usually watch the Super Bowl? Do you usually go to a party? Do you usually watch it at home? Do you usually host a party? You know, it's a big deal. It's, it's, it's damn near a holiday. I mean, this... Last Sunday. And hey, I have the Monday after the Super Bowl off. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be real with you. I might have been drunk by the time this comes out yesterday. So, uh... Salut. Now, depending on what the Chiefs do, either by sad drinking or happy drinking. But, you know... Alright, anyway, congratulations to everyone to Super Bowl. I hope everybody in my audience had a fun time watching it. And a safe drive home. But speaking of things that are caused by the Super Bowl that can be harmful. The Last of Us on HBO, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> oh my. Uh, this show, first off, if you have, I don't know what The Last of Us is. It is a 2013 Naughty Dog. PlayStation game, and it is one of the greatest video games ever made. It is not your typical zombie apocalypse game. This game has heart. This game, well, it is a zombie apocalypse game. It's about a, for those who don't know, The Last of Us is about a cordyceps fungal infection that, due to the earth getting a little hotter, develops in people. So these like mushrooms and these funguses uh, basically spread from person to person through these you know, zombies, creatures that have been taken over by them, the hosts and human bodies that, you know, bite people. And the whole goal of this fungus is to spread this thing as to as many people as possible and the world ends and uh, the story is 20 years after the apocalypse begins as Joel, who's basically just this 
broken down survivor. You know, he's a husk of a man. Like, he's a beast, but he's a husk of a person. He barely has any emotions. Takes Ellie, this small, smart-mouthed, you know, let's say 13, 14-year-old girl, across the country in an epic adventure the likes of which video games had never seen before, except a couple times. But this was different, dude. This game wasn't really about the zombies as much as it was about just, like, the human experience of survival and finding your humanity again. And, oh, my God. It's so heartbreaking, the video game. It, it... I got in trouble with this game. Because, you know, I obviously I was a freshman in high school. Well, a soft, sophomore in high school when this game came out. And I was playing it religiously. And this was one of those games that, you know, the girlfriend would obviously be like, Hey, come over, I want to see you. And I'd be like, no. No. You don't understand. I have to finish. Like, I have to know what happens next. I have to know what happens to Joel and Ellie. Uh, so it's one of the, not only one of the greatest video games ever, one of the greatest pieces of media ever, media ever created. The and I'm talking about just the video game right now. So, obviously, my expectations for the show were pretty high. And, uh, very rarely, if ever, does the show exceed my expectations of it. Not if ever, but very rarely. Never has a video game show exceeded my expectations of it. Because I expect most of them to be garbage. But this, the trailers for it were immaculate and delicious. And everything I was expecting. And I was like, ooh, if the show is even like a quarter of this good, I like. And so far, it has exceeded. My expectations. It is everything I wanted and a little bit more, even. I know there are some people who don't feel that way. Go fuck yourself. This show's great. I mean, it is the perfect adaptation, which is so rare for a video game because there are so many video game adaptations that are. <laughs> I mean, the, the Mortal Kombat one was alright. I'm not going to talk about Halo. I, my fiance liked the Resident Evil one, but it was not well received by the rest of the world. This seems to be something that the internet is united over. I mean, some people don't like it, but it's a very tiny percentage of people that don't like it. And I mean tiny. Tiny, tiny. Minuscule. This show is pretty much beloved by not only the public... But the critics, which is usually rare, I haven't seen that since, well, since House of the Dragon. <laughs> uh, and a lot of other shows that everyone likes. God, TV and movies are just so good. Especially TV. TV these days are just, it's just magic. But this show is a, it, you know, what's so good about this show to me is that you don't have to have played the games to enjoy it. Like, someone could drop into this show having no idea what it's about, like my fiancé has, and just get wrapped in, because I have seen her. She tries to pretend like she doesn't watch the show with me, because, you know, it's made me cry twice. 
in the four weeks it's been on. It's fucking ridiculous. But every time she watches it, she'll be laying back and she'll just go. Well, she's not paying attention. She's on her phone. Then she'll just peek around. And I'll catch her watching for like 15, 20 minutes. And then she's like, what's going on? So this obviously this show is enthralling to people who've never played the game, who don't know what the game is even about. And it is. It's, it's the perfect survival story. Pedro Pascal, for those who don't know, Oberyn Martell, or The Mandalorian, if you're Star Wars inclined, like me. But he is perfection as Joel Miller. Perfection. I mean, for those who have played the game, he is a, an exact translation. Like, he's, he could not be better as a character. You couldn't have asked for a better actor to be portraying Joel. He has nailed all of the mannerisms, the distrust, the lack of, you know, almost empathy for other people. He's just, but watching him slowly develop this relationship that brings him back to human, to being a person again with Ellie is incredible. And he is just the perfect encapsulation of everything Joel is supposed to be from the video games. But that's not shocking because Pedro Pascal is a gem, a just a treasure that we all should appreciate for as long as we have him. The shock is also from the Game of Thrones world, for those who do not know that this is who this is. Bella Ramsey, who played Lady Mormont, the little aggressive, angry little lady in Game of Thrones from the north, she's magic as Ellie. Magic. I mean, the sass, the emotional connection, the desire to be accepted and be a badass and to, like, have someone care about her. It is all so good and so perfect. And she is nailing an American accent and she's nailing... Ellie's attitude and mannerisms from the video game. She's just... she's She is what's going to carry this show into the stratosphere. I really, really think there's a chance that Bella could... This could be her, her breakout role. Because this is beautiful. Uh, it's so good. And as a fan of the video game, I can't wait to see where it goes. I can't wait to see what happens next. The, there's four episodes out right now, for the, those of you who haven't seen it. All four episodes are magic. Um, I know people don't like episode three because it's about a, a love story between two gay men, but it made me cry. It is genuinely some of the most powerful television I've ever watched. And I say that... I mean, yeah, pretty confidently. This is one of the most... So far, this is one of the most powerful TV shows emotionally I've ever seen. And you should check it out. Check out The Last of Us. If you haven't played the game, if you haven't played the game, it doesn't matter. Check out The Last of Us every Sunday at 9 p.m. on HBO. Well, not last Sunday. It was on Friday because of the Super Bowl. Alright, time to move on to something I've been very excited to talk about. Oh my. Here we go, Mr. James Gunn. If you don't know who James Gunn is, 
He's uh, been a, an executive with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios, for a while now. I would say since, um, at least since the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Because he wrote all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And he now, he and Peter Safran, who is also a Marvel Studios executive, but a good friend of James's. We're appointed as co-CEOs of the brand new DC Studios. That's right, baby! It's like the pro wrestling wars. DC came in like WCW, just paid James, just paid their top writer more money and said, hey, come make movies for us. But it used to be DC Films. They closed the DC Films and they renamed it DC Studios and just integrated everything together. That all happened on November 1st, 2022. In uh, 2020. In December of that last year, Safran and James Gunn announced that a Superman film and promised a, a new Superman movie and promised to look at their future plans for the DC Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe, baby. That's right. The DCU is a thing now. <laughs> uh, and, well, 2023, we got to unveil the first chapter last month of the DCU. So, basically, for those who don't understand what I'm saying, James Gunn, who was helping write the entire Marvel Universe, has moved over to Warner Brothers and DC from Disney and Marvel to run their comic book universe. And everything's reset. Uh, from what I understand, Henry Cavill is not going to return to Superman. Now, Jason Momoa is back as Aquaman, and I, I, can oh, I can understand why some of you swooned in the audience hearing that. Uh, it would appear Gal Gadot is in negotiations to return as Wonder Woman, which is lovely. And I, who has any idea what's happening with Ezra Miller after his movie comes out? That may be the end of his career after that. This may be Ezra Miller's final film, ladies and gentlemen. Which is crazy to me. Because that man was on top of the world, getting to play The Flash. And now, he could be ending his acting career here soon. So, but things have been kind of rocky to start. Because, obviously, when Henry left, everyone freaked out. Because they were like, how dare you, James Gunn? And there's been the very, very, very small contingent of people who want to hashtag restore the Snyderverse. But, regardless, it would seem that Gunn and Safran... Safran? Safran? Anyway, had a plan. They do have a structure. They know where they're going to go. And the first chapter of that structure, of that plan, is titled Gods and Monsters. Which I like. Because it's kind of DC's whole gimmick. You know, Marvel's whole thing is like the burden of having superpowers. But they, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost a curse rather than a blessing. Whereas, these superheroes in DC are gods among men almost. These are superhuman people who are pretty openly like, yeah, we got this shit. And I, that's what I like about it. Sometimes I want the, the suffering hero, like Daredevil or... Spider-Man or the Punisher, and sometimes I want soups. Sometimes I want Batman. You know, 
Sometimes I want Wonder Woman to just chuck bad guys across the room and we never have to worry that anything bad is going to happen to her. But anyway, I have all these movies wrote down for you guys. Five full-length full length feature films are going to be slated and five TV shows. Yeah, that's a, that's a big start. So, I will run down for you guys. Typing, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I am I was reading a message from the love of my life. The wonderful Samantha. The, you know, the woman behind all of this madness. So, give me just one moment with you guys. Anyway, I'm going to run down all these movies for you guys because I'm a gigantic comic book nerd and fan and just a geek in general. So, here are the movies that I, well, I'm a geek in general and I'll preface it with this. A geek and someone who is a thunderously, thunderously snotty little critic and asshole and a thunderously, thunderously underqualified person to be criticizing movies, even though I did take some some film classes. You know, shit like that. Basically, if you've ever seen The Menu, I'm the people that get murdered in that movie. And I'm okay with that. First movie we're going to cover, Superman Legacy, ladies and gentlemen. These are all the movies. I'll cover the TV shows after I cover these. So basically, Superman Legacy is going to be... is not an origin story, but it's going to focus on Clark's struggle... You know, Clark Kent, Mr. Superman himself, to balance a superhero life with his human one, which is... It's fascinating. I actually think this is an interesting story to tell. I think it's the best kind of story to tell with Superman, because we all have to see his, you know, origin story 4,735 times. struggle to balance his superhero lifestyle. Let me pause this. You really almost had me there. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, for those audio issues. My, uh, my camera, my, uh, my, my microphones like to go rogue for some reason, and it's quite annoying. So if you hear a little bit of an irritation in my voice for the rest of this show, it's because I'm getting really tired of the nonsense that I have to put up with, but I, I think I got it figured out from now on. I think I got a I think I got this this whole thing planned out. So, anyway, where were we? Superman Legacy. Yeah, it's going to be about him trying to balance his superhero lifestyle along with, you know, with being a human, which I would assume has a lot of lot to do with Lois Lane, which I don't know who could be cast by Lois Lane. So, obviously we're going to be looking for a new Superman too with no Henry Cavill, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Well, I mean, not earlier, just a little bit ago. To me, it feels like it was 20 minutes ago because I just had to edit out a lot of me realizing that the the 
audio from my actual microphone is corrupted. But I told you guys I get you an episode every week, and damn it, I'm gonna do it. Nothing will stop me. Not you. Not you, Reaper. You won't stop me either. Your nonsense. But anyway, it's probably not Reaper's fault. It's probably a bad chord. It's probably me. Uh, I'm interested to see how they're going to make this movie work. It's going to take a a really good actor, or at least a really sympathetic actor, to play Superman in this way. Because I think this is a very good way to humanize Superman. Because, you know, usually, how could you ever worry about Superman? He's Superman. He's bulletproof. He can fly. He can lift a thousand pounds. It's a whole thing. It's insane. So it's, it's hard to write him in a way where you worry about him or you feel bad for him. I think it's the perfect way to do it because, you know, how would you lead a human life as a, as someone who is as powerful as Clark Kent is? You know? Uh, the story will also explore Superman being a beacon of kindness in a world that believes kindness is old-fashioned. That's cool. So that's very meta. That's very in touch with what's going on now. I, I really like this. Because I think people always say that Superman is corny. Superman is cheesy. But he's kind of supposed to be. He's kind of supposed to be corny and cheesy. Like Captain America. And if you can get someone who, like Chris Evans, with Captain America can make that, you know, old-fashioned, you know, genuine kindness, you know, lovable, I think Superman could be a great character. I think Superman is a great character. He's one of the best legacy characters out there. One of the best pieces of media some of the best pieces of media i've ever read are superman stories in fact one of the best ones is uh this one all-star superman now in that story he's dying which is wild but like who knows uh the authority gun is currently outlining the film which will be based on the on Wildstorm characters the dc imprint we brought into the main universe the live action movie According to DC Studios, the Authority explores anti-heroes who have good intentions while having to go to extremes due to how broken the world is. So basically, for those who don't know, this this whole story is gonna is uh cool. I mean, it's it's based on a like characters who aren't exactly good guys or bad guys. They just do they're characters who are good intentioned people, but do a lot of fucked up stuff with their superpowers. It's kind of wild. And I'm excited to see, especially someone like James Gunn, who's wrote things like The Suicide Squad and the, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Slither. I'm excited to see what James can bring to something like this. Uh, here's the property I'm probably the most excited for, so we'll wait for that to the end. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, the Girl of Steel is also getting her own solo movie, which will be based on Tom King's recent DC run. As he is an architect of the project, too. While Superman was raised on Earth with kind parents, Supergirl stayed on a piece of Krypton that drifted off. Supergirl World Tomorrow will explore her life as she was forced to, to see loved ones, many loved ones tragically die. So, this story, is this movie is probably going to be really dark and emotional. And, uh, sign me up. I'm here to cry. As I just showed you guys at The, the Last of Us. I told you guys with the Last of Us show. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here for that. Hurt me, hurt me, James Gunn. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to be wounded. Because Supergirl is one of the most underrated characters in comics. She's just so underutilized. And uh, Tom King's 
recent run of DC Comics, from what I, I've heard, with her is magic. It's is incredible. One of, them, one of the best uses of the character. So uh, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see Supergirl basically be a Saiyan. That'll be fun. Then Swamp Thing, which is something I'm really, really excited for. Uh, the origin story of the Swamp Thing. DC Studios is working on a movie about that. I can't wait to see James Gunn do this because he's he's a, his roots are in horror. And this at its core would should be a horror movie because a Swamp Thing should be fucking spooky, man. He should be a scary dude. You should be afraid of Swamp Thing, okay? You really, really should. And uh, people who aren't even a little afraid should be a little afraid. Basically what the Swamp Thing is, is like this avenging spirit that runs around viciously murdering bad guys. And I can't wait to see it put to the big screen, especially by someone like James Gunn. I would only be more excited if somehow they could attach Sam Raimi to this because, ooh, delicious. And the final movie we're going to cover, the final movie, we got five TV shows, remember? The Brave and the Bold. This will be a Batman and Robin story with a new star set to play the Dark Knight. So Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck won't be there. Uh, Robert Pattinson's movies will continue, however. Robert Pattinson is going to be in something called the Elseworlds universe, where basically it's just stories outside the DCU. So like Joker, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Sorry. And I can't remember what the other one that was in there was. But the story sees Bruce discovering that Damian Wayne, yeah, that's right, his son, has been taught to be an assassin, which is what happens in the comics. He is in the League of Shadows with his mother, Talia al Ghul, which I would assume means we're going to get to see Talia al Ghul at some point in this movie. Bruce must now raise Damian under his wing. The Brave and the Bold will also, also feature other members of the Bat family. It was not revealed if they have decided which actors will play them or if DC Studios will even use the stars that have been previous that have been used previously. Um, I would assume they're probably gonna hire new actors. So obviously, this is something I'm very excited for. And even though I love the Robert Pattinson Batmans and they are my favorite Batman movie, it's my favorite Batman movie probably ever made, is the Batman. Because it's it's just it, flawless no notes (laughs) no notes it is a very dark story about a solo batman just kind of trying to you know muscle his way through the world by himself and it's super sad so um i could get behind a batman movie that's a little more upbeat and it's based on Grant Morrison's Batman show movie, or comic books. His run with Batman, which was really, really good. Where it was basically like Bruce was trying to teach Damien to not murder people. And Damien was like, that doesn't make any sense. We should kill these people. Damien is basically like a pint-sized Punisher. So, And it's wonderful to watch Batman try to be like, no, no, no. I think this movie will only work if you pick the perfect actors to play the Bat family. Because the relationship between Bruce and Damien has to be perfect. The relationship between Bruce and Dick Grayson is different. The relationship between Bruce and Tim Drake, if that's what you're going to do, is different. Who's a different Robin. The relationship between Bruce and Barbara Gordon is different. Like, 
but I am excited to see the other members of the Bat Family because they don't get a lot of a lot of screen time. I mean, the most we've ever seen them in an adaptation is Batman and Robin, which is oh, and uh, the animated series, which is great. The animated series is wonderful, and it's probably the best adaptation of Batman that's ever been made. But other than that, there hasn't been a lot of live action Robin and Batgirl and Nightwing and all that stuff. And I love that they're going to do Damian Wayne. I love that they're not going to do the original Robin because we've seen that story on the live action screen. I love that it's just going to be Bruce's assassin dickhead son. Super fun. Also, I have some ideas for who they should cast as Batman. Not eight idea, just one idea. It's got to be Jensen Eccles. All right, I don't watch Supernatural, and I get a lot of flack for it from people I love. My best, one of my best friends, Kyle, probably my best friend. I don't know. I have a lot of, yeah, my best friend, Kyle, loves Supernatural. Big fan of Dean. My fiance is like three quarters in love with the man, just like every other woman on earth is. Understandable. But I'm just saying. He's perfect. I mean, it's just, it is perfect. He's got the voice. He's got the jawline. He's got the the intimidating presence, the dickhead energy. It's all there. Jensen Eccles, the only reason I know him is because he's been in animated Batman movies. And from The Boys. And from, you know, my Bloody Valentine 3D. But that's besides the point. He is a wonderful actor, and I think he would be a perfect Bruce Wayne for this story. Then you just cast someone to play his little Damian Wayne. Boom, we're rolling. We're making dough. You have two Batman stories. You have two properties with your most lucrative superhero franchise, which is Batman. And you have two Batmans. What a world to live in. And what a, what a dream I could be living with Jensen Eccles and Robert Pattinson as my Batman. Yes. That's my dream. And I will fight for it tooth and nail. Those are exciting movies. Now we move on to the shows. Creature Commandos. This was uh, the only animated series announced. Gunn has already written seven episodes for the series. Creature Commandos will center Rick Flagg Sr., this is to appear elsewhere, elsewhere in live action portrayed by his voice actor. Nina Marzuski, Dr. Phosphorus, Eric Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, who is the protagonist of the series, and G.I. Robot, and Weasel. That's right, Weasel from the Suicide Squad is going to be in this show. The previously announced Amanda Waller spinoff series is moving forward with Vi- Viola Davis as a star. That's right. Um, Viola Davis is going to have her own series about Amanda Waller, and it's going to be awesome. The show will take place between seasons one and two of Peacemaker, because they're getting a season two of Peacemaker. This is because James Gunn doesn't have time to write a season of Peacemaker, apparently. Doom Patrol executive producer Jeremy Carver and Watchmen writer Crystal... Yeah, Crystal Henry are heading up this series. Uh, the Green Lantern show. 
I don't know if this is going to be... I'm pretty sure this is Greg Berlanti's Green Lantern show. It's going to center around Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, which is fascinating because I heard it was going to be just about Jon Stewart, and I was big in on that. But it's a detective mystery with the Green Lantern serving as super cops on Precinct Earth. The Lanterns will lead into an overall story about an ancient horror while weaving between movies and DC TV shows. That sounds crazy. Which means the Green Lanterns are probably going to be a pretty consistent presence in the new DCU is what it sounds like. Which is dope because it's exactly what it's like in the comics. Paradise Lost. This is a Wonder Woman prequel series in the style of Game of Thrones focusing on the origin of the Mascara before Princess Diana's time. Mmm. Paradise Lost will explore how the political game that is played on, however you pronounce that, I cannot remember, and what's a society of women do in order to gain power. Ooh. Fascinating. And the newest series, the one that everyone's worried about, the one everyone keeps telling me that uh, if Chris Pratt gets cast in, they'll riot. Booster Gold, a series focusing on a future tech superhero with an imposter syndrome, is in the works. DC Studios are currently speaking to an unspecified actor to play the titular role. Everyone assumes that's that's uh, your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, Chris Pratt. And I don't know. It doesn't. I, I don't feel like Chris would leave being Star Lord. To go be Star-Lord. You know? <laughs> to go be DC Star-Lord. I mean, that that's how that feels like that would be. So I just, I don't think it is him. It'll be interesting to see, though, who's going to get cast as Booster Gold. Because this will be a, this could be a really, really fun series. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is all the, the fun topics I have for you right now. However, I do have one more thing that we're going to do together. Before I hop off this podcast with you. You see. I am doing a new thing where I'm going to make all of my guests rank their top food, fast food places. In a tier list. And then we're going to compare results. And I am no exception. Now, ladies and gentlemen. I, myself, will begin my tier list. I will rank my top food, fast food places. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to hear what I have to say? I have A, B, C, D, F, and never had. So here we go. Uh, I haven't had A&W. Arby's? Mmm. Their mozzarella sticks are fire. And their new crispy chicken wrap is pretty saucy too. I'm gonna have to go see. Just on the mozzarella sticks. Never had Baja Fresh. Never had Blimpy. Bojangles is a solid C. Breakfast is, is... Piece de resistance, but some of the some of the food isn't the best. But I will stand by Bojangles breakfast ten times out of ten. I've never had Boston Market Burger King. 
D. All right, not a fan of Burger King. Now, I am particularly picky about my hamburgers, and I'll admit that. I will, I will admit that. But I'm just not that guy. I'm not a Burger King guy. I don't even like their nuggets. I just, there's just nothing for me that they do well enough to even say average. Raising Cane's. Never had it. That probably shocks some people. But it's alright. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big... I don't mind Raising Cane's. I, it's probably, I, I've never had it, but I'm sure it's pretty good chicken. Whatever. Hardee's. Solid C. I would go B just based on their ham sandwich. But I've never had any of their burgers. I've never had anything other than the ham sandwich, really. So I can't really judge other than based on that. I'm, I'm not going to put them in an A or B category based off of one item. So C. C for Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. Checkers slash Rallies is a D. Um, their Rallies fries are all that attract me. Everything else is mid. As the kids would say, mid. Don't like their burgers. I'm a harsh burger critic. Don't like anything else on the menu. Big Rallies fries fan, though. It's the only reason you're not F, guys. Our first A, Chick-fil-A. God's Chicken Place. Uh, everything on this menu slaps. Every single thing. I've never had one item off the Chick-fil-A menu that wasn't delicious. Uh, but my go-to is the chicken wrap with avocado ranch. An A count, and obviously fries and a Sprite. Their service is impeccable. Their food is delicious. Everything about this place is A tier. Chick-fil-A is God's chicken. Uh, Chipotle's an F. Don't question me. Okay? Fuck you. It's just not my thing. Church's chicken, never had it. Cookout hamburgers, never had it. Culver's, C. Burgers are average. We'll go B because the ice cream is good. Burgers are average, ice cream good. And I, I, I respect a good ice cream. I respect a good soft serve, baby. Del Taco, never had it. Denny's. Mm, I've never had anything but breakfast food here. And I'm not a fan. But everyone keeps telling me that their hamburger is delicious. So I'll go see. Because I trust you. I'm trusting some of the people who have told me this. Domino's! Hot take. I, I, I like Domino's. Going top of C. I like Domino's pizza. I like I like the, the, the garlicky bread. It's I don't know why, but I think it's delicious. Um they always I don't know. It always satisfied me. Plus, they they have all those specialty items that I really think are delicious. Like their chicken is low key, low key, really good. Dairy Queen, D. Uh, the blizzards are all right, but they're heart attacks in a in a cup. They are, but they're but they are delicious. I will say that. And then the chicken strip basket is pretty fucking good. I always heard their biscuits and gravy are good too. The chicken chicken bad, but other than that, eh. Everything else on this menu is not great. Uh, never had El Pollo Loco. I would assume it's chicken. Never had Firehouse Subs. And then we have our next A tier candidate. Not a candidate. The next definite A tier. Five Guys Burgers. 
it is the premium fast food burger okay like if you're not gonna go somewhere like if you're not gonna go out to eat and get it fresh off of an actual like grill fresh off of an actual like fryer you know what i mean if you're not gonna go somewhere at, at like a restaurant and get a burger this is the spot this is the spot you want to get your your hamburger from it is piece de resistance and honestly i'll take this burger over some over a lot of restaurant burgers five guys is 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 the bar that you have to clear for me okay if you were better than five guys now you're talking now you're talking my language now you're talking about me being like a regular customer here okay i hop b tier i'm a waffle guy what do you guys want from me okay I like their waffles. None of their other food is, eh. The rest of their food is is tricky at best. But those IHOP waffles, oh, to die for. Especially if they're cooked well. Get in there with that night crew. Between the night crew and the morning crew. Uh, In-N-Out Burger. F. You don't have bacon. Go fuck yourself. Jack in the Box. Uh, I've had it, but not long enough to really... Really remember it. Jersey Mike's. B tier. I love Jersey Mike's. Best sub place. It's, it's, they're, jer- they're, uh, the, the butter they put on there is so, it's so good. Everything about Jersey Mike's is just delicious. I love all the food. And I, I just, mmm. Jersey Mike's subs, baby. If you haven't had it, you have to give Jersey Mike's Sub a try. Jimmy John's C. Jimmy John's is like poor Jersey Mike's. That's what it always reminds me of. It's like Jersey Mike's on a budget. I've never had Jolly Bee. KFC D. You took away the Chicken Littles. You bastards. That could have saved you. You would have been a C-tier category with the Chicken Littles, but... Now, don't get me wrong, the chicken from this place is pretty decent, but other than that, if you're trying to order anything else, I haven't had their chicken sandwich yet. I've heard that's good. But everything else I've had from chick- from KFC, maybe I'm just judging from the Scottsburg KFC. You know what? Colonel can get to C category. Little Sears! Little Caesars! Pizza, pizza. Uh, D. Respectful D. I mean, it's hot, it's ready. It's pizza, but I mean, unless you're getting the deep dish, it's not a great pizza, guys. Let's just let's, let's be honest with each other. It's the gimmick. That's what you're making money on. Don't yell. Don't yell at me. Don't get mad at me. It's a respectful D. It's not an angry D. I'm not saying I'd hate Little Caesars. I'm just saying let's be honest with each other. Let's be real. Pizza, pizza. Long John Silver's F. I am not a fish food guy. I will never be a fish food guy. But even if I was going to eat fish food, I wouldn't eat it from Long John Silver's. Maybe I'm just, again, judging from the Scottsburg Long John Silver's. They cooked meth in the... A meth exploded in the trash can. I don't know. It's just, it, 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 it's hard to separate yourself. You know? McDonald's. See. Listen, there was a time. That I would have put this A category. There was a day when they had the snack wraps. 
when they had the McRib, when they had all of their items, this place was this place was the king. They were the king of fast food. Now mm, it's just kinda alright. I mean it is what it is. There's nothing to be ashamed of. McDonald's is McDonald's. You can't you can't be mad. They are still the standard bearer of fast food, but I mean eh. Moe's never had it. Noodles Company never had it. Panda Express D. Listen, if I'm gonna go, I you know what? We'll go C. Actually B. I'm a Chinese food guy. <laughs> I, I'm, I dig me some Chinese food, ladies and gentlemen, and and I'm sorry if it, that makes you hate me a little bit, but I could eat Chinese food all the time. Uh, Panera Bread, D, listen, listen, some of their sandwiches are all right, the soups are gross, like stop it, stop sending me Panera, like, mmm. I don't understand Panera Bread. Papa John's B tier. This is the best fast food. Like this is the best like quick delivery pizza place. Well, I don't know. Pizza Hut's coming up. We might have to lower you, Papa. Yeah, you're going to see Papa John's. Uh, I don't know what barbecue chicken is. Penn Station. A solid. Mm, I'm being tough here. Let's go B. B tier sub, but below Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's might bump up to A. I really love Jersey Mike's, guys. Really love it. I'm doing it. Jersey Mike's is A. That's how much I love it. But it's not about five, guys. All right. This is the tough one. Pizza Hut. This is my, me and my fiance's probably favorite pizza place. So it's going to be. I don't know, man. There's just something about the way they make that pizza. It's got a little bit more of a crunch to it than that that Papa John's. Plus, they've got those dinner boxes. They've got delicious wings. And their breadsticks are oh, nice and thick and firm. Mm. Yeah, I love Pizza Hut. Popeyes. I'm going to go B. Like, I, I know that's going to surprise people, but their chicken sandwich is out of this world. Like, to me, it's still the best fast food chicken sandwich. I know everybody made all these competitors, but that Popeye's one is just, it, 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 it is, it goes down so different. It's just so big and so delicious, and it leaves you super full, and you want to kind of want to kill yourself, but God, it's worth it. Never had Portillo's, never had Potbelly, Qdoba's a D. For the same reason as Chipotle being an F. I mean, Kidoba is just, listen, it's. Alright, bougie Taco Bell. Get away from me. Quiznos is an F. Alright. If I want an overburnt sub, if I want a burnt subs, I would just cook them here at the house. That's what I have to say about that. Never been a Quiznos guy. Those commercials were also stupid. Never had Roy Rogers. Never had Sabero. Never had Shotskis. I'm ashamed to say I've never had Shake Shack, but I feel like I should have. Don't know what Sheets is. Never had Sky High, Skyline Chili. Sonic, when done right, is a B. 
Okay? Like, there are items on the Sonic menu that are delicious. Absolutely delicious. But man, I've had a lot of bad experiences at Sonic, but it's going to be just off based off the food alone. The good experiences I've had are so good. Steak and shake. Oh, steak and shake. I don't know what to do with you. The food is good. All right, the steak burgers, I don't care what anyone says, are delicious, and a lot of the shakes are delicious. The experiences I've had dining at Shake and Shake make me want to go D. I'll go C for the food, but I'm skeptical of you. Subway! This is going to shock some people. Go and B. I like Subway better than I like Jimmy John's. I always have. All right, there's just, all right, this maybe it's nostalgia. I ate Subway before high school football games. Maybe it's just a, a thing. You know what I mean? It, it, it connects to me as a man. But, yeah, I think it's good. I think people are hard on it. I think it's fine. Swenson's never had it. Taco Bell. D. And I'll tell you why. Because you made me mad. You know what? C. You can go to C. The top end of C. The only reason you're not a B or an A. The only reason you're not a B right now is because you took away the cheesy potato grillers. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. But you are. You guys have been killing it recently with your nacho fries and stuff. So you'll get C. And maybe one day an attraction to B tier for me. Taco Cabana. I don't know what that is. Torchies Tacos. I don't know what that is. Waffle House. Oh, this has a sentimental value to me. Spent many an evening in the Waffle House with my wife, future wife, and her best friend who introduced us. Mmm. No, I don't do this. I want to be objective. I'm going D. Because food objectively is not that good, guys. Let's be real. We were all hammered. That's the only reason we liked it. But man, the laughs I've had at the Waffle House. I'll never forget. I don't know what Wawa is. I've never had Whataburger, but I want to try it. I've never had Winchensels, Wings, Wingstop, or Zaxby's. The only two left are White Castle and Wendy's. I'm going B tier with Wendy's, man. Wendy's is solid. All right. They've got best the best out of the, the big three wind chains and chicken. Their burgers are pretty solid. Plus, Frosties are the underrated treat of the year. And I'm going to go D on White Castles. White Castles, shockingly, has good shakes. Very delicious milkshakes. But the sliders, to me, are, as I've gotten older, way less satisfying. And way less worth the stomach trouble. Now, I will say the 1923 slider, the fully dressed one, that's pretty solid. And that's what's getting you guys in D and not F. You That and your milkshakes and your chicken rings. But other than that, White Castle's just kind of meh to me. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's my fast food tears. So, uh, thank you for tuning in this week. I'm Kyle Ritchie, your host. 
You can catch us on uh, social medias, all of our social media accounts. Let me pull them on up here. I got them wrote down. Uh, at the Planet Comedy on Facebook, at the Planet Comedy on Instagram, at the PCP Gang on Twitter. Find our YouTube content at uh, that I mentioned at the beginning of this show at the Planet Comedy YouTube channel. Move, uh, go ahead and check out us, the podcast here you're listening to on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon, Google, Pandora, anywhere you guys get your podcasts. Really, tell all your friends about us. Thank you guys for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace, love, and shrubbery.